You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Greetings, Vineyard UK and Ireland churches. I hope all of you are doing well. My name is Brian Anderson. I'm the senior pastor of Vineyard Church of North Phoenix in Phoenix, Arizona. And it's my privilege today to speak to you about a very important topic that I think all of us deal with, at least from time to time. It's what do you do when your life doesn't fit your hopes? What do you do when your life doesn't fit your hopes? I gave this talk recently at my church and I hope it'll be a blessing to you as well. Take a look. Hey, early risers, how you guys doing? Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. I want to welcome those of you who are online. Hey, let's give it up for those who were water baptized this morning. Way to go. Way to go. You know, we do these every six weeks or so. I think we have 38 people being water baptized in our three services this morning. But if you happen to be a follower of Jesus, and yet for whatever reason, you've never been water baptized, that's an important next step in your spiritual life. So how do you get water baptized here? You go on our website, vineyardnorthphoenix.com. You take our water baptism class that explains to you what the Bible actually teaches about water baptism, and then you sign up to be water baptized at any one of our three services six weekends from today, June 25th and 26th. I hope that if you've never been water baptized that you will take that next step. It's an important next step in your spiritual life. It really is. Hey, if you uh, have a Bible, I want you to open it up to the book of Ruth. We're going to go all through the book of Ruth this morning. It's only four chapters. We're going to begin in chapter 1, and we're going to begin with verse 11. In just a moment, if you're like, well, I don't know where the book of Ruth is, it's the eighth book in the Old Testament. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, and then Ruth. A very important book. I think we're going to uh, learn a lot of things out of the book of Ruth this morning. You know, I've been doing a series about hope for a few weeks, and what I want to talk about this morning is, is what do you do when the reality of your life is not what you hoped it would be? What do you do when the reality of your life is not what you hoped it would be? For example, what do you do when you've always wanted to have children and you get to the point in your life where you realize that is probably not going to happen? Or what do you do when you've always wanted to be married or maybe you were married, you got divorced or widowed and you've always wanted to be married again and you come to the place to realize that for whatever reason, that's probably not going to happen. Or what do you do as a young person when you realize that the school or the university that you wanted to attend, it's probably not going to happen. Or what do you do when you realize that the career you've always wanted probably isn't going to be the career that you end up pursuing? When your life does not fit your hopes, 
What do you do? Well, first of all, I want you to know that life is a series of hope adjustments. Depending on what's happening in our lives, we're continually needing to make some adjustments about our hope. So the question is, how do you adjust your hope to fit your life? How do you adjust your hope to fit your life? Well, the Bible has a story about a woman just like that. Her name is Naomi. Say that name out loud. Naomi. And the Bible says that Naomi has a husband and she has two sons. And they all live in Israel. But there was a famine in Israel. And so they had to leave Israel and they had to immigrate to Moab. And they lived in Moab as resident aliens. But they always wanted to move back to Israel. And they always thought that they would, you know, once the famine ended and they were able to get enough money. But while they were in Moab, Naomi's husband ends up dying. So, Naomi ends up marrying off her two sons to two Moabite girls, hoping that they would be able to raise families and then be able to take care of her. But after 10 years and no grandchildren, first Naomi's older son dies, and then Naomi's younger son dies. Can you imagine? You immigrate to Moab as a resident alien, and while you're there, your husband dies, and both of your adult children die. And by the way, all this happens in the first five verses of the book of Ruth. And Naomi, now a widow with no children, decides that she is going to return to Israel. Now, there is no heir, H-E-I-R, and what that means is that the family that she and her husband began is now over. And that means in a land-based economy like theirs, the land that Naomi and her husband used to own in Israel is no longer theirs. And that also means in a patriarchal society like theirs, that there will be no status for Naomi whatsoever. There's no safety net for Naomi. There will be no belonging for Naomi. So, Naomi has to adjust to the loss of virtually every single one of her hopes. She has to adjust. So Naomi tells her two daughters-in-law, who are named Orpah and Ruth, that they need to stay behind in Moab. That they should find new husbands and start new families. And they all come together, the three of them, and they're weeping. They're weeping for their dead husbands. They're weeping for their childless lives. They're weeping for one another. But Orpah and Ruth both tell Naomi that they would like to go with her back to Israel. But Naomi doesn't want them to. She doesn't think there's any hope for them 
there. And here's what it says in Ruth 1. But Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if you're taking notes, underline the word hope. It's an important word. If I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it's harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. Verse 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clung to her. Now I had you underline the word hope in verse 12 because interestingly enough, that's the very first time in the Bible that the word hope is used. And it's interesting that it occurs for Naomi who has no hope at all. So Naomi tells her daughter-in-laws, both of them, that they need to go home. One of them does. Orpah kisses Naomi goodbye and she goes back to Moab to hopefully find a husband and hopefully get pregnant and hopefully have a family. And maybe she's also hoping that one day she'll be a you know, very famous television talk show host. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, fun fact, Oprah was actually named for Orpah in the Bible. She really was. And they just misspelled the name. <laughs> anyway, Ruth won't go back to Moab. And she says these incredible words in verses 16 and 17 to her mother-in-law. Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will, I will be buried. And thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. Now you need to know, this is an incredibly selfless act by Ruth. She's willing to leave behind her country, her extended family, her religion, her people. And she's also barren. And so going to Israel, she has no promise she's ever going to be able to find a husband. No promise she's ever going to get pregnant and have children and have a family. Now, in a patriarchal world like that one, Ruth is committing herself by going with Naomi She's committing herself to not finding a husband when really a husband is the only person who would be able to bring her hope. Instead, Ruth commits herself to an old woman by the name of Naomi who has no hope at all. And by the way, just so you know, Moabites, like Ruth was, were so despised by the Israelites that they weren't even allowed to go in the worship assembly with the Israelites. They were so despised. They were despised because they worshiped the god Chemosh. And one of the ways they worshiped Chemosh was by offering human sacrifices to Chemosh. This is Ruth. 
a despised Moabite, who can't even go in and worship with the Israelites, decides that she's going to immigrate to Israel. And I want to point out that Ruth basically says, Naomi, your God, the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Ten Commandments, will now be my God. And Ruth does this with no divine guidance from Israel's God whatsoever. There's no burning bush. There are no angelic visitations. There's, you know, no still small voice, none of that. Ruth just makes this decision on her own. And she decides that whatever the cost, she will just muddle through life the best she can. And I thought this week, you know, maybe, maybe some of you here, maybe your life is sort of like Ruth's. And if it is, this book is going to be a really good book for you. In fact, I think this is a great book for ordinary people like me and like you. And I think it's such a great book for people like us because the most daring act of hope and devotion in the entire Old Testament is done by a penniless, childless, uncalled, pagan, Moabite widow. So, Orpah leaves Naomi in order to pursue the same hopes that she's always had. She goes back to Moab so she can find a husband, have a baby, stay with her extended family. And by the way, her choice made sense. She is not criticized in the text at all for this choice. No, this choice is the choice